another episode of Morning Meditations. We're glad to have you aboard this morning, and uh, I'm going to give you my email address and then begin another uh, series on uh, Christmas. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about the passion of Christmas, so let me just give you this email, lhart07 at aol.com. That's lhart07 at aol.com. And uh, as always, again, I say we sure would love to hear from you and know who's listening and know what you think about what's going on. So let's get into the Word of God this morning. I'm reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, and uh, it's beginning in verse 23, Jesus replying, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. Wow, what a tremendous uh, passion of Scripture. And we see very quickly that Jesus says, This is the reason I came. This is the reason I came, is that I might bring glory to the name of God. The prophecies have been fulfilled. The preparation has been made so that everything is ready for the Son of God to come into the world. Jesus entered the world as a baby in a little shepherd's stall. But now we turn our attention to not a baby in a stall, but to the Lord of heaven whose passion is to bring people to the family of God. In our text, it's powerful words he's speaking. He says his hour has come. It's time for him to be glorified. And all of that sounds good. But when he explains that what it means is the cross and death on a cross, uh, that's what he's lived his life for. But that doesn't sound like something to bring glory. But he came to die in order that we may live. That's what he said in John chapter 10. I have come that you might have life and have it abundant. I like what Major Ian Thomas once brought out. He said the life he lived qualified him for the death that he died, and the death he died qualifies me for the life he lived. Oh, think about that. I pray you'll let that resonate in your mind for a little while. The life he lived qualified him for the death he died. Nobody else could do what he did. The death that he died qualifies me for the life he lived. The only way I can live this life is through his life. And he lived a perfect sinless life in order to satisfy the demand of God as a sin payment for the whole world. He had all kinds of temptations that he could show us the right way. But he must do more. He had to suffer and die on the cross in order to redeem us. Jesus had emphasized that he did not do anything except what the Father 
told him he never acted on his own. If you read John 5, 19, you'll see that he was in absolute submission to the will of the Father and that everything he did was according to the will of the Father. And here he's talking about a kernel of wheat that has to be placed in the ground to die in order to produce life. And now he's using that to illustrate his own death and resurrection. If he didn't die, uh, then there would be no resurrection. But he died and was raised again in order to show us that now we are uh, we are those many kernels. As, as one seed in the ground comes forth with many other kernels. And that's what he's talking about. So Romans chapter 5 verses 6 to 8 says, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. And he says it's rare that anyone would die for a righteous man, though a good for a good man someone might dare to die, but God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The punishment for sin has always been death. Adam and Eve sinned. A lamb had to be killed to provide clothing for them. And under the law, there were many, many animals sacrificed to atone for sin, but it could not take away sin. It was only a covering. And we're all sinners, and the punishment for sin is death. And that's why Jesus died. He became our substitute, and that should produce a hatred in our lives for sin. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You see, it's not just forgiveness of sin, but we're to be made the righteousness of God. We're able to be right with God because Jesus died in our place, took our sins upon himself. But then there's more. Look at, at, uh, at what he says as he says that uh, Romans 5, 9, and 10 says, Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Talking about his resurrected life. Because he lives, his life comes, he's able to send the Holy Spirit with his life in us. And that's what he's talking about, daily delivered. It's one thing that we're justified, our sins are paid, but we need help today. You see, uh, we need more than forgiveness. We need to have power to face sin on a daily basis. And he rose and he went back to heaven uh, to receive the glory that he had before the world was created. And then he received the Holy Spirit and poured him out on us. And John 7, verse 37 and following says, On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, streams of living water will flow from within him. And by this he meant the Spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. You see, John is, is pointing out that uh, the Holy Spirit had not been given at that time when Jesus was making this statement, but he was saying that if you hunger and you thirst and you, you come to me and you drink, you'll receive uh, rivers of living water. That's talking about the Holy Spirit. John says he's talking about the Holy Spirit who would be uh, sent after Jesus was again glorified. 
And in Acts chapter 2, verses 32 and 33, it says, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. Talking about uh, those followers of Jesus, we've seen it, we know it. He's been exalted to the right hand of God and has received them from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. This is Peter telling them that all of this that's taken place, the Holy Spirit has come on them, and they're speaking in languages they didn't know. There's power being displayed. And he says, this is, this is what this is all about. The Holy Spirit has been sent down after Jesus was glorified, exactly what John had said would happen from John chapter 7. No man ever suffered like Jesus suffered. His passion is to bring many sons to glory. It says he looked to the cross. He despised the shame of it, but yet because of what he could see as a result, he willingly laid his life down. Nobody took his life. He laid his life down. And what he faced in the garden, what he faced on the cross, he did it in order that you and I could have life. Let us not waste this passion if we do not repent and follow him, we waste the grace of God. What I'm trying to say today is it was the passion of our Lord. He was passionate to carry out the will of God in order that he could produce life for you and for me. That's why in the, in the garden he was able to say, not my will, but thy will be done. Now, will you let his will be done in your life? Galatians 4.19 says, until Christ be formed in you. Let us desire to have Christ formed in us. As we approach these next days of celebrating Christmas, may we not forget that Christ is the Son of God and he loved us so much. He died on a cross and rose from the grave that the Holy Spirit could come down and dwell in us and make Christ real in our lives. God bless you, and Merry Christmas to you. Great is thy-